Welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy. This is the show for you if you are sick and tired of being held back by fear, self-doubt, social anxiety, shyness, anything that's stopping you from you being you. I'm going to share the most powerful tools and resources that I've been discovering over the last 15 years on my journey to eradicate social anxiety and instill confidence, first in myself and then in every single person that I meet on my journey. You're going to learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold, authentic version of you. Hey, welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to be looking at something that controls so much of how you feel, what you think about, what, how you see yourself, and how you predict your life is going to go. I mean, this truly does steer the ship of your life and strongly affects your moods too. What is this one thing? Well, it's your beliefs. Specifically, it's your limiting beliefs. And another way to say this is it's the stories that you say uh, to yourself about yourself. But these stories, these beliefs can determine everything. So do you go for that thing, whatever it is that you want, that, that person you want to approach, that job, that potential opportunity, do you go for it or not? Well, that's determined by your belief about it. If you think it's likely or possible or worth the, the risk, then you will. If you think there's no chance in hell you're going to get it, you won't. Now, do you know? Is your prediction accurate? Well, often not. It's just the story that we tell ourselves. But we're pretty certain we're pretty dang certain that our stories are true. And this can go on and on and on. You have, you have beliefs about your appearance, about your capability in, in your work, about what you can do when it comes to ch make, making changes in your job or your career. I mean, I can't tell you, I mean, that's pretty much a lot of what I do when I'm working with people in the groups, the live events, other things, is we're hearing people's limiting beliefs and we're questioning them. Well, I couldn't change jobs because dot, dot, dot. Well, no one's going to want to date me because dot, dot, dot. I can never have an awesome, deep, loving relationship and a family because dot, dot, dot. I could never be fully confident because dot, dot, dot. And whatever they say, whatever the reasons are, uh, are usually not actually stopping them. That's just the story they tell themselves. And look, I'm doing it, you're doing it, we're all doing it. In fact, today we have a guest that I'm really excited to invite to the show who this is what she does. She helps people break through these limiting beliefs in all areas of life, but especially in their career and in business. So as we're talking, we talk a lot about business and career in this interview, but keep in mind, you can apply this to any area of your life. So without further ado, let's dive into that interview right now. My guest expert today is Nina Cook and she's a peak performance mindset coach. She works with successful but stuck experts and leaders who are frustrated because in spite of all their hard work, they start, still aren't getting the results that they want and deep down they know that they're capable of. In fact, her superpower is digging deep to find the root cause of why they're struggling and then showing them how they can clear out their subconscious gridlocks to leverage their thinking to create more profits, freedom, and success. Nina's been featured in Forbes magazine and on the BBC radio, and she lives in England. And thank you so much for joining us today, Nina. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. 
Yes. So this really intrigues me because I, I'm, I'm interested in business, but particularly the, the confidence that it takes to start a business, grow a business, or even just grow in our careers in general. And there's so much uh, fear and self-doubt and limiting beliefs that people have in this area. So to, I'm really excited to, to dig deep, which is your superpower, in this episode <laughs> to really uh, help people see, okay, what's getting in the way and what's stopping me? Yes, absolutely. I can't wait to dig deep as well. <laughs> yeah, well, good. So let's let's start with that because sometimes people are, you know, it's subconscious. So we're like, what do you mean I have blocks and gridlocks and all these things? So just to help people start to identify them, in the clients that you work with and people that you help, what do you see are some of the big things? What are these subconscious blocks that we have that stop us from being more successful in business? Oh, there are such, so, there are so many blocks that we have, and most of the time we're not aware. And what happens is that it, it shows up in our behavior. So, for example, as a business owner, we have to have sales conversations, for example, and we find that we don't want to have those sales calls. We'll do anything to put off talking to a prospect. Or when there's a, a strategy call lined up, we, you know, we worry about it. We know that it's going to be difficult to say our price. And so it just causes us stress and anxiety. So that's one way we can start realizing, actually, there's something going on here. So with it, for example, with phone call strategy calls, there's a big fear of rejection. We're scared that when we sell our price, the prospect will say, no, thank you. That's too expensive. I can't afford you. And then we're going to end up thinking, well, they don't value me. They don't think I can help them to get the result they want. There's something wrong with me. I'm a loser. I'll never make this work and so on. And so... The fears that we have, there can be fears around visibility, there can be the fear of what other people think about us, there can be um, a fear of sales and marketing, you know, that's another big fear that people have, they just don't want to put their stuff out there because they don't want to be judged or criticized. Hmm. So there are so many fears that we have as business owners. And the funny thing is that when we're starting off a business, you know, where we're we're buying this program and that program. We're starting, you know, we want to try a new strategy that we think is working for someone else. Social media is something that we want to explore. And we can spend so much time and money buying all these wonderful, exciting projects. But then we don't spend any time on our thinking. Our thinking is the one thing that we rush past. Mm. So how many business owners do you know who really spend time on their thinking, figuring out why they're not taking action, what's getting in their way, what their inner blocks are? And that stuff just goes, you know, it's just put to one side while we're rushing around doing all this activity. But the problem is until we address the actual thinking itself and leverage that thinking to make to take the fears away so we can start growing in confidence, we can start growing our courage that's when we can start taking the action that will really make our business grow. And it's such a, it's almost like a chicken and egg, isn't it? What comes first, taking the action or the thinking? And I think you and I both agree it's the thinking that's the most important thing. And I'm not saying just think great thoughts, think confident thoughts, and that's going to make give you a great business. Of course, you have to take action. But you can only take, your, your action can only be as expansive as your, as your mindset in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So spend time in, you know, take that, take those 
moments to really fixate on what is going on. And if you can't figure out on your own, then by all means, you know, buy a program or work with an expert can help you to release these inner blocks. And the wonderful thing about working on your thinking is it doesn't just have a, a massive impact on your business and how much fun you're going to have in your business. It has a huge impact in every area of your life, on your relationships, on how you interact socially, on the relationship that you have with yourself, the most important relationship of all. And when I was growing up, I, I grew up in a family where I had a very intimidating older sister and she scared the living daylights out of me. You know, you could say that she completely crushed my confidence or so I thought at the time. So I grew up into an adult where I really hid away. I didn't believe I had any um, anything to offer. I never spoke up in groups. I mm. thought I was boring. I thought no one liked me. I thought there was something wrong with me. And I kept a very low profile. And it was only when I had children and my children were very young. And I know you have two very young children and they have this wonderful natural confidence mm. and I would look at them and think oh I, I really want some of that and I knew that I could I could fix this because I really thought I was broken I needed to fix it but I hadn't worked out how to fix myself but the more I watched them grow I thought I really want to have some of that and I don't want to try and fake it anymore because that is so tiring it's exhausting and I just want to have it naturally. And that's when I started doing a lot of personal development work. And, you know, I read a lot of books. I, you know, signed up for programs. I went to seminars. I did all sorts of things. I studied NLP, hypnotherapy. And uh, all of that helped. But it was only when I worked with a coach who worked exclusively on limiting beliefs. That's all he did. And he created this amazing system to find the limiting belief and then to take it out of the subconscious permanently. It's only when I worked with him that really everything changed for me. And I became uh, I became more confident. I became more courageous. I started, you know, um, contributing much more in front of friends and groups. I started putting my work out there, I put out videos, I, I started speaking. And all of this just happened naturally, just as a result of me getting rid of my limiting beliefs and changing my thinking about who I was. And it was amazing. And that's when I trained in this work. And then I started working with business owners to help them. So I can so clearly see, even when I'm talking to people, I can pick up their limiting beliefs as they're talking. Mm. And I always wonder, I wonder what impact that belief that you've just said in that sentence is having on your life. So I have this huge curiosity about people. And you and I, you know, we work with people and they're thinking. And I think it's just the best work in the world because it's almost like seeing under the bonnet, isn't it? Because people often put out this impression of who they are and what their life is like. But it's really when you look under their bonnet and you see what's really going on. And I've worked with some really very successful business owners and actually they have so many of the fears that even smaller business owners have they have a fear, a fear of not being able to pay their team they have a fear of not having consistent income they have a fear of being found out as a fraud so you know the fears are still going on no matter what level of success you have mm -hmm. wow there's so much good stuff in what you're sharing nina and and that last part's really interesting about the, as the business grows, it doesn't automatically mean the fears go away. And that, you know, you were saying that how many business owners spend the time to, and the focus and the energy and the training to work on their thinking, 
And it's very few because in our culture, it's, well, just figure out the thing out there. Just fix out there, and all of a sudden, you'll feel better in here. And, you know, so, oh, if I just grew the business, then I would feel more secure. If I, you know, I'm sure everyone has uh, had this one where it's like, well, if I just, if I'm feeling scarcity or fear about money, I just need more money. And then if I got more money, I would feel totally safe, secure, and confident forever around money, which is not true. It's just we have to, we have to work our, our thinking on that. So you said some really interesting things there that I want to drill deeper on, which is you help people identify their limiting beliefs, and then you have a process to really let them go or stop them from affecting us. So I'm very curious about those two things. Um, specifically the second one, but let's just do a quick example of like how, how can people identify, let's maybe identify a, a one limiting belief and then how, what we would do to help release that. Sure. So the easiest way to identify your limiting beliefs is just to listen to yourself. So have a piece of paper and a pen and just write down your thinking. And as you're writing down your thinking, just note Make, you know, make a note of what you're saying and take a good look at what you've written. So often, you know, we'll have this um, loop of thinking, um, this will never work for me. I'll never get what I want. Um, it's really hard to make money. No one's going to pay me that much. They're going to think, who, who, who do I think I am? So these are just a handful of limiting beliefs I've identified straight away. So, for example, um, if we pick up the limiting belief, uh, no one's going to pay me that much. That's a limiting belief. Because if you believe that no one's going to pay you that much, then you actually don't believe in your value. Mm. And if you don't believe in your value, then how are you going to be able to say your price with confidence? So you have to make sure you believe in your value first. So the belief that no one's going to pay me that much, what you can do to find out how powerful it is, is give it a number out of 10. So this is what I do with my clients. I'll say, say the belief out loud and then rate it out of 10. But make sure you don't let your rational mind give you that number. So the more you believe that statement to be true, the higher the number out of 10. Mm -hmm. And let your gut, your intuition float the number up for you. Because if you let your rational mind give you the number, the rational mind will start arguing, it will start reasoning, the ego will step in. So you won't get a true number. So just let your gut, your intuition float the number up for you. If you're getting anything over a five, especially if you're getting an eight, nine or 10, you know that's a really strong belief for you. And it's having an impact on your results. It has to have an impact on your results because it's stopping you from doing things. So once you have that number out of 10, or once my client gives me the number out of 10 and we get a really high number, I say, okay, let's get to work on this. So I have a really simple technique that I've trained in. And the technique is really to find out what, so the meaning, so with finding out the earliest event associated with that belief. And most of our limiting beliefs are, are caused, you know, we, we start um, finding or start creating these limiting beliefs in our first early years of life, say our first six years or so. Mm-hmm. So it's finding the earliest event associated with that belief. And then we start giving that event different meanings. We start creating different meanings. So you can now see that what you you thought was a truthful meaning about the event. This means people will never pay me that much. It's not the truthful meaning about the event. It's just one possible meaning. So we start shaking it up. And then I take them into a um, 
the next step is then for them to be able to see that belief in the world. And then the next step after that is so they can feel the belief. And then I just talk them through how um, that feeling that they have, that belief isn't actually true. And it's, it's quite a long, you know, it's, I say it's quite a long process. It takes about 20 minutes or so, 15, 20 minutes to go through it. So I won't take you through it step by step. But it's just making them see that the limiting belief they thought was an absolute truth that no one's going to pay that that much is actually a lie. Mm. And it's building up evidence of that actually they can charge what they want. It's absolutely possible because when we're living to, when we have a limiting belief, we tend to see all the evidence that supports that belief. Well, that client never said no to working with me. They said I was too expensive that time. That time I didn't get that client to say yes. Oh, and that other time as well, they didn't pay me what I wanted. They wanted a discount. So we have this stack of evidence to support our limiting belief. But once you clear it out of your system and replace it with an empowering new belief, well, of course I can you know, I have enough value to charge what I want, then you start finding, automatically start finding the evidence to support that new belief. And at the end of the um, exercise, I ask the client to say the belief out loud again and give it a number out of 10. And when it's a two or below, then we know that belief is gone. And the great thing about this is when the belief is gone, it's gone for good. Now, you may get another feeling about your, your, um, the value, you may have another feeling, a negative feeling that comes about, comes up about your price. And it may be a related limiting belief, but it won't be exactly the same one again, because once it's gone, it's gone. So it's like you've got a tabletop. The tabletop is uh, fear around charging your value. And each tabletop has a leg. And each leg is a limiting belief. And once you knock out enough of those legs, the tabletop will just collapse. And that fear will go. And I know this is true, because I've done this myself. When I first started working, I charged by the hour. And then a, uh, a friend who's also a business coach said, don't do that. Just put together a package. It makes it much easier for the client, makes it much easier for you. And I thought, oh, okay. But because I didn't have the fear around my value, I put together a package, a six-month package. Next call I had, I spoke to my client about my package and she bought it. And I thought, oh, that was easy. Mm. But when you have those fears about, well, I can't create a package because no one's going to buy it because I'm struggling to sell session by session and a package is so much more expensive. These are just stories that we make up and they're just, they're just fear. That's mm. all it is. They're just fear. Once you can take that fear out of your subconscious where it's creating havoc in your life and see it for the lie that it actually is, that's when you can start doing things that you never thought were possible and you can start doing them easily. Mm. I love it. There's, there's something in there that I'm so curious about, which is when you're helping people find the origin you, you, of the belief. So, you know, the, the story about whether someone's going to pay me X or Y, I mean, or any one of a hundred other beliefs we can have about our worth and our, their business and ever, you're saying a lot of those, in your experience, start way back when we're young, zero to six, I think you said. And so then, so we're living something that we think is current, but it's really something that we learned or interpreted, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, whatever, however old we are. And so I'm curious, do most clients, when you ask them, they immediately are like, oh yeah, when I was four, I remember this happened. Or is it 
harder for people to identify. Because I know for personally, my memory from zero to six is pretty foggy. And I'm curious when you do that with clients, do they specifically identify one moment? Is it easy for them? How do you, what's your experience with that? That's a really great question, and everyone's different. So some people won't have any specific memories of their early years, but that doesn't matter. You don't have to have a clear memory for this to work. You could just have a feeling. So, um, you know, a client may say, well, I don't remember anything from my, you know, from before I was, say, 12 or 13. But I have a feeling that, you know, my parents didn't really spend much time with me, or I have a feeling that... Um, you know, I was just I was just used to be on my own a lot. Mm. So the feeling is absolutely fine. And also we can extrapolate a lot. So if someone says, well, when I was 12, uh, you know, my my parents never really spending time with me, then it's it's uh, you can you can extrapolate from that that when you were younger, they weren't spending any time with you either. So it really doesn't matter. And funny enough, the guy who um created this system who I learned from, uh, Morty Lefko, he didn't have any strong memories from his early years. Mm. But it's amazing how many times a client will, you know, will think a bit and then say, oh, this has just popped into my head. And mm-hmm. they'll have a memory they haven't thought about for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have such strong memories and the pain and the emotion is still so strong, even though that memory is decades old. And this is the thing. We, we, attach meanings to events in our lives. So, for example, um, say, you know, as a very young child, um, my mother, you know, she she didn't play with me. So I'd, I'd say, you know, can you do this with me? And she'd say, well, I'm busy cooking and I'll try and do that with you later. But she didn't get around to doing that. And this happened multiple times. So after a while, I may start thinking, you know, because we're always trying to figure things out. Why is she always too busy to play with me? Oh, it's because I'm not important. That's the conclusion we come to innocently, and then we carry that conclusion, that limiting belief into our adult life and keep looking for evidence to support that belief because we always like to be right. So something that happened very innocently as a child, which is actually a neutral memory, there is no meaning that that event is giving us. We're making up the meaning in our head and then pinning it to the event. That's what causes our misery. It's the meaning. It's not the actual event itself. It's the meaning that we've made up about it. So I always say to clients, what if with every event that's ever happened in your life, you don't give it any meaning, but you just take a learning from it? How would that be? And can you imagine how we would grow if we could take learnings from events and Mm. recognize them as the neutral events they actually are? And there is no meaning associated with a client saying, they don't want to work with us. It doesn't mean that we're a loser. It doesn't mean that we have no value. It's just a neutral event. The client said no to working with us or the prospect said no to working with us because that was the best decision they made for themselves at that moment. It wasn't a good fit for them. But it doesn't mean anything about us and who we truly are. Mm. Yeah, it's really helping us see that that interpretation is not objective reality. It's not, this is how A, A is B is kind of how we take it in. But really, it's, well, what do we do with that? What do we do with this experience? What do we do with this event? And it really takes things that can be so rigid and makes them a lot more fluid. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what life is about, isn't it? It's about taking learnings and then 
thinking, well, how can I do this better next time? Or what can I do differently next time? And that's where we get our growth from. And it's so funny because I don't know why we all seem to do the same thing. We all attach meanings to events. We're never, le- we're never taught how to do this at school, but we just seem to do it automatically. And another thing that comes up a lot with clients is they um, – you know, they, they blame themselves for so many things. So maybe my father was really angry. I'd make him really angry. And then, you know, he would hit me or something. And I would say to them, but you never made him angry. You didn't cause his anger. His anger came from his angry thinking. And we blame ourselves so much, don't we, for things that are done to us in our lives as if we are the, we cause that person to behave in that way to us. And So this is the opposite of taking 100% responsibility. We don't take responsibility for someone else's actions towards us because we never cause those actions or that behavior. That's coming from that person's individual thinking. Mm. So we don't take responsibility for that. We take responsibility for our own thinking. And we don't take on other people's stuff to be ours because it's not our stuff, it's their stuff. And when we can um, separate their stuff from us and who we are, then we can start deciding for ourselves who we truly are and um, really start um, connecting with ourselves rather than taking on other people's stories to be true about us. Mm, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge necessary step when it comes to living a life that's of more confidence and, and really the life that we want to live. And I think that, that is you talked about self-awareness earlier that man there's a lot of teasing apart there of like well what 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 is my like what is my actual goal purpose what i'm here to do what do i want versus well i don't want to make that person upset or i don't want to do something that they might not like and and all that taking on other people's stuff can be so infused in all of our thinking all of our decisions all of our you know anxieties so i think that's a, a such an important piece to make that big distinction between what I'm responsible for, which is in here, and what I'm not responsible for, which is, well, that other person's thinking. Yes, and we tend to uh, we tend to think that we can um, mind read. I, mean, I don't know about you, but mm. I can't. I don't have the gift of mind reading, but we <laughs> use it all the time. Well, if I put out this video about my business, then what will people think about it? Some people may not like it. I might get, you know, uh, horrible comments about that I'm, I'm talking nonsense or I don't know what I'm talking about. And what if, it, you know, people uh, people criticize me? So we're mind reading all this stuff before we've even put out our video. <laughs> <laughs> which can stop us in our tracks. But the truth is we have no idea how people are going to respond. That's not our responsibility. That's actually not our business. Our business is to put out our best stuff. It has to be good enough. It doesn't have to be perfect. And then let other people respond in any way they want. Yeah. And we can't please everyone. Not everyone's going to like our stuff. But that's fine because that's true for everyone. Absolutely. But the people that it does resonate with, then they may be getting great value from it. So I think we really need to stop mind reading and thinking that we know what people are thinking about us because we don't know. And sometimes we'll be very surprised that it's actually very different to what we're thinking. So I just think, don't even go there. You're just using your time and energy worrying about what people think about you when you don't know what they're thinking about you. So just focus on yourself, not in a selfish way, but you know, really getting getting your thinking to, you know, getting that lovely, confident thinking 
And that will just create the lovely ripple effect around you and everyone will benefit from that. Mm. I love that. And as you're talking, I'm, of course, thinking and reflecting on, you know, okay, what are limiting beliefs that are affecting me right now? And, I, I, you know, the, the, the fear of putting myself out there is something that I think we can all relate to. And I had to work through a ton and still do, although it doesn't, it's, it's way less intense. I mean, you know, the, the more you see that these fears are just you know, phantom shadows, they can't really stop you, then the more confidence there is. But I noticed that there's one area where I take a lot of responsibility for people, which is people that go through one of my programs. I will want them to get a good result. I want them to feel liberated and feel confident. And, you know, it's really interesting in my group program because everyone's going through the same thing. And you get to watch like, well, some people crush it. Some people step up and they're doing everything. And then and some people kind of, you know, go along the side and put some in. And, and I'm always like, well, how do we get them in the middle? How do we get them going? And there's a, there's a quality that, that I like, right? It's like wanting to make the program better and better. But there's also a quality of like taking it too far, which is like I should be able to make everyone, you know, it's like I'm taking responsibility for them, for their decisions, for their results. And as much as I try to teach personal responsibility inside, I'm still overstepping my bounds and wanting to control their experience and wanting to make sure that and I think behind that is like, well, if I, if I do that and I do it right, then I'm a good person and I'm worthwhile. But if I don't and, and they don't get the result that they want, I've failed. I'm not good enough. I can just see the whole thing <laughs> yeah. playing out. And then I'm like, wow, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a little interesting dance that we're, that we're doing there without anyone really knowing yeah. it. Yeah. And you just picked up so many meanings that you're creating around this and well done you for, you know, for, for putting it out here, because again, that takes courage and bravery to admit, you know, that I have, I have days where I just get into this, you know, negative spiral of thinking and I have a mindset coach because I can't see my own blind spots. And I think, you know, why am I thinking that? Hang on a minute. But what I'm good at now is awareness and catching my thinking because I've been doing mm. this for so many years. And it's so great that I can catch it. Before, you know, it doesn't put me back for days. You know, now I get over things very, very quickly. Mm. So taking responsibility for people in your group program, and this is something because we want our clients to get the best possible results. And I do think that's part of our ego kicking in as well because it looks good on us, it reflects well on us. And there's also the part of us that wants them to do really well as well. So there's lots of stuff going on here. Mm. But I find that when I try and go past that place where, you know, I'm really doing it all for the right reasons and I start pushing past that to get them good results, that's when they will step back because, you know, I'm doing more of it for them. And that doesn't work for them. So it has to come from them. And the level of commitment they bring is up to them. Mm -hmm. And that's the results they'll get depending on the level of commitment they bring to the game. And but it's very, very interesting because I get caught up in this as well. And um, so it's a really good thing to pull up. Yeah, and I love it. And, and I think just this process of inquiring and that awareness that you're talking about and naming it, already, I've, even just in saying that, I could feel like this like loosening inside of me. Like, oh, oh okay, well, that's just because I'm like, oh, wow, I'm interesting. I'm working with a, a story here, a limiting belief. 
And and just through all my history of working with them, I realized, oh, well, then that's not necessarily reality. And so even if I'm not totally on the other side of that, it's it's already losing its grip. I can feel it. So it's a it's a Good. it's a liberating feeling, and maybe it's just uh, hanging out with you and your and your energy. <laughs> it, <laughs> you just spread spread uh, liberation from limiting beliefs and, and interacting with you. Well, I really uh, appreciate your uh, insights here. I, I love how uh, how much can open up for people, and how much it really helps people live in a more unlimited way. Uh, freedom uh, and it's you know that can and does lead to business success but so much more just that sense of I don't I'm not stuck the reality the environment around me doesn't control my experience and ultimately I get to choose this and I think that message is just so uh, inspiring and liberating and I, I love it so much thank you for sharing with us today and for people who are drawn uh, and you know, whether it's just to learn more about what you do um, people who want to know about growing their own businesses I know you have your own podcast where can people go to find out more about you Nina? they can find out all about me and my work at my website which is ninacook.co.uk and I have some free training there how to smash through your income glass ceiling and I've got lots of videos on there and um, lots of information and you know just drop me a line I'd love to hear from anyone here who's who'd like to get in touch and um, yeah so come and visit and um, and I hope you find something of value there fantastic and we will put the URL below this show at shrinkfortheshyguy.com. And it's uh, Nina Cook, N-I-N-A-C-O-O-K-E. There's an E on the end there, ninacook.co.uk. So in case you're listening you know, audio only, you want to go there on your phone right now, I would highly recommend it. And I am intrigued by that smashing through the glass ceiling um, training. So definitely go there to her website to check that out. And I cannot stress how important this is. You know, we all want the trick. You know, what's the, how do I word my ads so that they convert better? How do I, what's the thing to say to the person? You know, it's, I feel like um, in the business world, there, it's kind of reminds me like in the dating world. When I, when I first started learning confidence, I, you know, the main thing that drove me was like, I want a girlfriend. I'd just been so lonely for so much of my life and never had a girlfriend really in my life. And so I start, you know, looking up how to get confidence to talk to women. And, and of course there's like, well, what's the pickup line? What's the thing you say to, you know, make her want to date you just from somehow opening your mouth for the first time. (laughs) And I feel like in business, it's the same thing, right? Like what's the trick? What's the strategy? What's the one thing? And what I love about what you're doing is, no, it's about fixing this and going into that thinking. And then when you do that, everything opens up. So this is, I cannot stress the importance of this enough, and I highly encourage people to go to your site to learn more from you, to reach out to you, and to really uh, liberate themselves in this powerful way. So thank you again for being with us, Nina. I really appreciate it. That brings us to the end of our time here together today. I hope you got a lot out of that interview. In fact, this is your action step for today. Time for action. 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 What are two big ideas, key things that you got out of that interview. That's my question for you. What are two things you got out of the interview? Actually, take a second to reflect on them right now. What's the first thing? The first thing that struck you 
uh, came comes to your mind right now when you think about that? It was interesting. It was thought provoking. It made you see yourself differently. What's the first thing? Awesome. And what's the second thing? Something new that you realized, something, or maybe something old that you needed to be reminded of. So think on those two big things. And even more importantly, what's one thing you're going to do today, starting today, every day, or just once, whatever it is, what's one thing you're going to do now as a result of those two ideas that you learned in this interview? Awesome. That's what we want, right? Is to learn and then put it into practice because no matter who you are, no matter what your struggles have been, no matter what you believe about yourself, the truth is you can learn confidence. You probably already are. And there's no end to that process. So let's all keep learning and growing together. And until we speak again, may have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're awesome. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.